0: back on the trap line for episode 52 of the trapping today podcast i'm your host jeremiah wood and the trapping today podcast is brought to you by kotz brothers lures k-a-a-t-z-b-r-o-s.com check out that website and uh, visit kotz brothers lures for um, trapping all your trapping supply needs they've got a great selection of stuff they have some really high quality baits and lures they've got uh, traps um, all kinds of different accessories sorry i'm i'm looking at some martin tracks crossing the road here mm, yeah all right well this is about a mile past where i set my last trap and we've got martin on the road that track was not there this morning so all right mental note on my way back maybe I ought to put a trap there so anyway, check out Cots Brothers Lures. Thanks to Cots Bros for sponsoring the podcast. They are a great um, company, Kyle and Kellen, and they're keeping this thing going. Uh, you know, it, it, it costs money to, to put a podcast up and do the hosting and everything, so uh, I appreciate that. And if you guys don't mind, if you're looking for some trapping supplies, give them a shot. A shot. Um, get on that website, and they've got really competitive prices and uh, very fast shipping, excellent service. They're there to answer any questions that you have, and let them know where you heard heard about them um, from the Trapping Today podcast. All right, so I just got done checking traps, and I'm headed. I'm in the about thirty miles in the woods, heading out, and a lot has changed in the past five to seven days <laughs> since we last. Talked a lot has changed. Um, it is as I record this. It's November 17th, 2018, and it looks like it's January 17th. So we've gotten in the past five days. We've gotten two big snowstorms, and we've had the some extremely cold weather for November. It's been down around zero degrees at and in the single digits at night and in the the teens and 20s for the highs during the day it's been just blustery cold Uh, we had a snowstorm come in and it it uh, brought eight inches of snow where i live and then uh, the wind started blowing for about a day and then had one day of calm weather and another storm came in and that one dropped about oh somewhere between 10 and 12 inches Um, and I spent about three hours plowing that, pushing that snow around with the plow truck last night so I could get out to go trapping. Um, interestingly enough though, the the further north and west uh, you get, which my trap line's up in the woods north and west of where I live, uh, the less snow we had, it kind of tapered off, and, and this is a pattern we've seen the last couple of years where uh, get for the further north you get it seems like the weather's so cold that uh, there's not as much moisture in the air you don't tend to have uh, as much snow deposition so like last year i think southern maine believe it or not got more snow than northern maine did the only difference was uh, their snow melts uh, when it warms up our snow stays for the whole winter so so we end up we always end up with more accumulation overall But anyway, um, our trapping season for uh, our general trapping season up here in Maine starts uh, around the first of November every year and goes to the end of December. But because of where we live up north uh, and the snow conditions we deal with, we typically the month of November is when we trap for Martin and Fisher and weasels. I mean, that's pretty much uh, go time. And usually, you have till you know a little bit after thanksgiving and you after thanksgiving if you get a snowstorm it's probably going to stay and it if you get a few of them and they accumulate um then you you know you you may still get around so a couple of years we've been you know second week of december no problem driving a pickup truck around uh only 5 6 inches of snow um, see, it varies a lot. You never know exactly what it's going to be like, but uh, typically you, you have the month of November, and that's when the majority of the trapping takes place. And the majority of people, uh, the majority of the fur is tagged, it, uh, is caught in, in November. Um, most people want to trap from the pickup truck, and you can't blame them because it's uh, it's pretty easy. Uh, this year's a different year. And uh, we've got this cold weather, we've got this snow, and this snow, it appears based on the long-range forecast that this stuff is going to stay with us unless things change drastically. So we're stuck with it, and it sounds like we're probably going to be in for quite a a bear of a winter. Um, But anyway, I have always been jealous of guys from Alaska and Canada. And guys like uh, Tyler Friel from the Tundra Talk podcast, him and Dr. Frank Schultz uh, were talking the other day about trapping on snow machine. Uh, Jim Furman, I know you listen to the podcast. I really want to get to talk with you sometime this winter. Uh, I'm really excited about the area that you trap in. And, uh, I, I don't know, for some reason, I've, I've just always been fascinated with that area. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that in the next podcast episode uh, about um, Arctic Village. Um, or Hunters of the Northern Forest, that book that, I, that I've read a couple times. So, guys like you that are out there in, in the Arctic, you're trapping for Martin on snowmobile and that's always been something that i was just like you know we christmas time we, we usually we always have snow i've never you know in my 35 years i've i've never had a christmas that we didn't have snow but uh, sometimes there's only three or four inches of snow and a lot of times there's there's a, a foot or less on the ground uh, around christmas time and our our after Christmas you know our season's pretty much over so you don't there isn't really a great opportunity to set out a trap line and run it for a couple weeks before the end of the season on a snowmobile. Um, This is a complete game changer because we just had uh, you know we had like two feet of snow we had three four inches in a storm then we had eight inches in a storm then we had about 10-12 inches in the storm and of course that kind of compacts down and it it kind of settles into the ground Um, but where I was walking all my traps today um, we had between uh, depending some places it got blown down some places it got drifted in but we were it was between 12 and 18 inches I had a couple spots there was two feet of snow Uh, but it's 12 to 18 inches of snow consistently Um, so it it was to the point where, basically, what I'm saying is, I got my way. I got my dream. My my, my jealous, jealousy for you guys up in the Arctic uh, was that you get to trap Martin on snowmobile and run these these lines. And what I had in mind was eh, maybe we could extend our season, our Martin season, into through January up here in Maine I didn't exactly think well maybe we should have winter a month earlier instead (laughs) but but we got it so mother nature made the decision and where I live anybody that had a trap line around there you're not getting a pickup around those roads anything that's not plowed um, you're you're not going to be able to get a pickup around actually where on my trap line today I might have made it all the way through with my pickup, but it would have been close. Four-wheel drive, a lot of weight on it, and I probably would have had to use chains, and my truck was overheating trying to battle the snow as it was. Um, I might have made it, uh, but I wasn't about to take the chance, and sounds like we may get a little bit more snow next week as well. So the decision was, do I pull, I need to pull the traps, or I need to find a snowmobile to run traps with because uh, there's no way I was getting them with the truck. So I, in the five days, from the, we have to check our traps every five days, so in the five days from the time I, I last checked till today, I was shopping for snowmobiles just steadily. And, and we, at the time, we didn't know what we were going to get out of this last storm, but uh, every day the forecast uh, was bumped up to more and more snow. So I was kind of frantically looking around. I I spent an afternoon, I took apart the carburetor on my Yamaha Bravo, tore that all apart, and cleaned everything up, put it back together. No change, still doesn't want to run. So I was struggling with that. I couldn't check traps with the Bravo. I was looking around at advertisements all over the place and just couldn't find anything within my price range. And I, I, you know, I. I didn't really have a lot of, to play with but I kind of I was very motivated to get a, a machine so in a perfect world what I was thinking was uh, the best sled the sled that I would get right now if money was not an object was would probably be the Yamaha VK 540 uh, if you're not familiar with that sled it was an old utility type sled that Yamaha had for a long, uh, quite a few years. They they were making it all the way up until I think about the mid 2000s. It's a 540 cc engine, and it's a it's a wide track and a long track. It's got reverse. It's got high and low range. It's very similar to the Skidoo Scandic wide track, and it's a. It's a just an awesome utility sled a total workhorse very big very heavy uh, it, it's uh, the Omaha bear or the Articat bearcat is a similar sled to that as well if you if you know what those are but it is it's not a sled you want to get stuck but the good thing is with with the reverse and the wide track and the low range uh, you're probably not going to get it stuck it could, it's kind of like a tank. And it's a very good utility sled. It can pull all kinds of weight, so you can really work it. And you know, if, again, if if I had the money, I would I'd want that sled for trapping. Not only for this type of trapping in the mountains, Martin trapping, but under ice beaver trapping, which for us is all winter long. And then I do I do all my firewood with it. I'd get a big otter sled and I'd, I'd go through my woodlot and, and cut firewood where I could haul it out on the snowmobile and uh, do it. Um, and I've got a lot of wet ground on, on some of my land. It'd be a great chance to do it in the wintertime when you, you can go over the snow and you don't have to worry about getting stuck. So uh, the VK would have been perfect. Uh, they're actually pretty reasonably priced uh, for new snowmobiles, but way, way, way out of my zone, uh, the the new ones are around eight thousand dollars, I believe. Um, I was looking. There was actually one that was a 2017 uh, that was a little over seven thousand. Now, what happened is, for I want to say for about ten years or, or a little more, they stopped Yamaha stopped making the V. VK 540 in the US uh, there wasn't a lot of demand for it and all the sleds were changing and it was kind of an outdated old school type sled <clears throat> but they kept making that sled in Russia and the reason for that was the VK 540 was um, it, it's it's carbureted It's so it's not fuel injected, you don't need a battery to start it and so you could pull start it and those guys could a lot of the sleds all the snowmobiles moved to four strokes uh, especially a lot of the big workhorse sleds and they the guys in siberia in russia they could not have a sled that you need a battery to start because as soon as it gets 40 to 50 below zero uh they couldn't the battery first of all, the batteries just don't function that well at that temperature, and the oil gets so thick and gummed up, it's it's really hard to, to turn the engine over. So, the those guys loved the VK540 because they could pull start it when, um, when it was that cold. So, they kept making that VK in Russia, but they didn't make it in the U.S. It didn't meet emission standards. Um, so, just... The last couple of years, I believe, twenty seventeen, they brought the the VK five forty back to the U S. They upgraded a few things to meet emission standards. They they did a few ergonomic things. The skis and the suspension is still kind of the old school model. The sled looks really old school. They haven't changed a lot. Some people actually, a lot of people like that the fact that they're you know kind of back to basics. Uh, one thing they upgraded was uh, they added uh, heated. Uh, carburetor so uh, it'll it'll start in really cold weather more effectively they changed the seat they made the seat a few inches higher uh, for so it's easier on your knees when you're sitting for long periods of time they made a few other tweaks Uh, I think they did something with the track and the suspension where it when you back up and you in reverse the something with the frame rails and the suspension they cause the back of the sled to lift up so that you don't get uh, bogged down, uh, the sled, the, the tunnel of the sled doesn't get bogged down in the snow when you're backing up. It lifts that up a little bit. So you can get backed up and turned around a lot easier. So it's kind of cool, There's I looked at a couple of videos on it, I shopped around looked and just kind of uh, did a little bit of window shopping from my computer and the payments for a new vk540 would be more than the payment for my mortgage and it would uh, cost more than i paid for the pickup truck i've been driving for the past 10 years so uh, that wasn't going to (laughs) happen it was a nice dream to think about uh, and i was so frustrated i couldn't find a good sled that uh, i just uh, it was it was i wanted to get one for a while but i came back to reality and said nope that ain't gonna happen um, so I, f- I had to go up to, uh, uh, another town to do some work and I, there's a Ski-Doo dealership. It's actually Ski-Doo slash, uh, Yamaha. I think they're, they're pretty big power sports, uh, dealership place. And they, I went in there and I, I kind of looked around at the inventory online and most of it was out of my price range. There was one possibility. So I went in and I said, listen, guys, uh, I need I need a sled for less than two grand. What do you got? So they kind of looked at me a little funny. It, you know, most people are going in there buying $13,000 snowmobiles. And uh, the guy said, are you serious? I said, well, yeah, I've got cash and I need a sled. So he said, well, let me look around. And, and they found... They had one they they had up written down up on a, a board there. And uh, I said, uh, what about that one? And let me talk to the boss. So we went out, me and the boss went out in the yard, and we looked at it. And it's uh, it was a 2005 GSX Skidoo. It's a 600 two-stroke motor. And it's kind of that... Uh, one of the first years they had that rev platform so it sets up a little higher it's got some nice wide skis really good suspension uh it had electric start reverse and uh, studded track so the only thing was it's not a utility sled not meant to pull not a long track not a wide track no low range uh, it's a trail sled for the most part so but i was running out of options and the price was right uh, he gave me a number out the door. I, I told him I had cash. I had a spot, empty spot in the back of my pickup truck. What's going to get it, this sled loaded on here tonight? And uh, we, we made a good deal. I, I think I was treated very, very fairly. And I'm excited about the sled. So I loaded that up. That was Thursday night. Uh, the storm came Friday. Started Friday morning. And we got, got all what they called for and more. That was quite a bump. Um, we got about uh, pro- 10 to 12 inches. So uh, the sled, it turned out to be a very, very fortunate decision that I made to uh, to go ahead and and buy that snowmobile. So I went up this morning. I was all ready to go. Actually, had to. Last night, I went in the fur shed, and I had to cut up some 4x8 sheets of plywood, and I made... Uh, ramp to so I could get the thing off the truck and back on the truck. I had to fabricate a, a, a makeshift snowmobile ramp. And I, I went out first thing this morning uh, 30 miles in the woods and going through unplowed roads that hadn't been plowed since the last storm. Uh, lots and lots and lots of snow. The truck, the truck made it and I got to the point where they stopped plowing they hadn't plowed any storm because I was on to where my trap line started and there's no plowed roads. And then we got into the real snow and I said, I, I figured let me see what my truck can do here. And so I had the snowmobile in the back and so I had plenty of weight for traction in four wheel drive the whole way. And I went about a mile up the road that my trap line is on and this truck actually started overheating. So, it was working really, really hard, especially trying to climb the hills and, and bog through all that snow and, you know, the, the belly pan, there's spots where you, where you're, I was pushing snow with it. So, uh, I, I found a good spot, I, I got the truck turned around, and I got everything ready to go. I took the sled down, unloaded the sled, and it's not, again, it's a trail sled, there's not a lot uh, where you could put stuff on it or anything, but... I did uh, strap a backpack to it and there's a saddlebag thing and I was able to put half a dozen traps there and some, some lure and uh, some chunks of bait. And I threw in a lunch on my backpack, strapped that down to the seat of the sled, and off I went. And I checked 40 traps with that snowmobile. Um, it was it's absolutely, it's amazing. I've, I've never owned an electric start snowmobile. So that was a real treat, and this is just so easy. It's push-button start. So I just drive over my set, hit the kill switch, shut it off, and go out and check the trap, come back to the sled, and hit a button, boom, starts right up, go on to the next. Um, with 12 to 18 inches of snow, I still had some issues with the sled uh, in some of the deeper stuff some of the two-foot stuff uh, trying to get turned around so a couple of spots I had to back up quite a bit because I just was losing traction with the snowmobile so it's obviously it's not it's not meant for this type of stuff but it's getting me from point A to point B and I'm so thankful for that so anyway long long story about uh, about the snowmobile um, But but the beautiful thing about it was now I can continue to run traps and set out new trap lines, or run these old trap lines for a very long time um, from here on out and uh, until the end of the season, if I want to. So it opens up a lot of options. Now let's talk about uh, how the trapping went. What what I caught. So we had two storms and a lot of wind. So you, there, there's some things working against you. A lot of times, the critters seem to move uh, just before a storm, and then they move after the storm passes, and you get a cold, clear night with a bunch of fresh snow. And between these two storms, we didn't really have a, a lot of that. We had uh, this, this one storm came, and I checked, already checked the traps uh, not long before that storm hit. Then the day after that storm was done, the wind just after as soon as that storm started the snow kind of stopped falling the wind started blowing and it blew like crazy for a day and then after that there was like one day where it was maybe good you know for critters to move around nice clear cool cold cold night and then we got another big storm so um, and in between there there might have been a day or two that the weather kind of it was Sort of, it was okay for, for animals moving and feeding, uh, but just not ideal. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm not. Uh, maybe I'm making a few excuses, but I ran a lot of traps. I I'm doing percentage-wise. I'm doing far better than I did last year on this same line, the same general area. So I'm excited about that. I'm happy about that. Um, but I did I did go through a lot of ground without any fur. Uh, a lot of traps and no fur, so um, I'm thinking a lot about that and how how to how to interpret all of it. Uh, I I may I may be uh, you know not maybe not waiting quite long enough, but I also may be in an area that just you know has relatively lower densities of Martin and Fisher than than other places, uh, particularly with Martin. So we'll see, I'm going to be moving around here, setting some other areas, and uh, and, and see if I can have a little better set percentage, but uh, overall I ran 40 traps, approximately 40 sets, and I caught uh, two Martin, a Fisher, and two Weasels. So not too bad, I was pretty excited about that for five days, and um, not all optimal weather the whole time. Um, the the interesting thing though again is is uh the first the very first set i went to i caught a fisher and it was a spot where i caught a fisher last year same same set so i was pretty pumped up this morning when i i walked in the very first set and had one um then the third one two three the fourth set i had a martin So the first four traps, I had a fisher and a marten. And uh, that was pretty exciting. That had me pretty high for quite a while. And then I went and I checked, uh, oh, how many did I check? (laughs) I think I I checked like 15 or more sets after that without a single thing, Um, nothing whatsoever. And then I got a weasel, and then then I caught another weasel a few sets later and caught a marten uh, five sets before the end, approximately. So it was, you know, it was it was good. Um, it wasn't one of those slam dunk areas where you catch a whole pile of Martin in one spot. Um, I haven't seemed to find any of those family areas in the line where I'm at, but um, I'm gonna keep rolling. So the challenge that we have here with these Lynx exclusion devices, well, a couple things. One, one other factor that cross my mind is you know when when an animal is going into a set you're always think thinking about you know what's going through their their heads Uh, they're they're looking to feed they're hungry in most cases but they they might be a little bit nervous they might not know exactly what they're getting into Um, and with these lynx exclusion devices that's kind of it, it, depending on, on the setup and how your device looks, uh, if your device is just all a wire cage, they might see the bait and they want to get into it and they just don't know how to get there, um, and get into the bait, uh, because they can't find the, the right opening in the wire cage, which is as far away from the bait as possible. The way these, these uh, devices are designed, they're designed to uh, prevent anything... a Martin or Fisher from getting caught so um, the wire is good in that the animals can see the bait the wire is bad in that uh, they they can't always it's there's no direct mechanism to kind of funnel them towards the entrance of the set so um, the wooden I you know I'm using all I'm just checking there's someone someone took a snowmobile on there that side row that's a spot where I'm planning on setting up a trap line here in the next week Um, I think they're just looking out riding around looking for moose antlers so anyway uh, the the wooden devices which I went to all wood because of the problems I had with the wire the wooden ones seem to be working a lot better Uh, however the way mine are, are made I think there's maybe not enough of the visual going on where the animal uh, can see the opening how to get into the box but they actually can't really see the bait and I think you know I have a bunch of holes drilled in the wood on the end where the bait is but I think as soon as we got over a foot of snow on top of the box and everything got covered in and the, the all those holes were kind of covered up uh, maybe maybe that made it a little bit more difficult to get a visual on the bait or, or really know what was there. So um, I've I've been making a few devices. Uh, I started making some about two weeks ago, I believe. And I have, uh, I don't know, I've, I'll probably have about 12 or 15 new ones made here in the next few days. And what I'm doing with these ones is I'm making... Uh, They're all wood, but on the ends, I've got wire that's, uh, there's going to be wire on each end. And the one end is going to be where the bait is, and that's going to be completely wired off. But it's going to be one one inch by one inch wire mesh so, so that they can really see that very well, and a lot of light can get into the box so they can see the bait from either end. And then on the other end, where the animal has to enter, where it's going to be all wire, and then there's going to be a four-inch by four-inch uh, opening cut in that wire. Uh, so I I think that having kind of the hybrid wire wood mix is probably uh, probably going to increase uh, the odds of an animal working and getting into that set, uh, getting in going in that lynx exclusion device because. Uh, you know, it's a little more open, they can see the bait, but they can also figure out how to get in there. Uh, it's a little heavier, they can't push it around um, and mess around with it too bad, trying to get to the bait without going through that opening. So uh, that's what I hope, we'll see how it works, we'll see what happens, um, but I'm pretty excited about it and, uh, and excited to just kind of keep rolling and, and keep making some uh, making new sets. So that's my trap line in a nutshell, um, where I'm at right now, and I'm excited to go scout some new areas with the snowmobile and see if I can um, get out some more sets. I may be pulling some of these ones, and I'm not really sure just yet, but um, that's that's where we're at. Uh, One other thing I wanted to mention uh, in this episode is I listened to a, a really cool... Book audiobook the other day and it's a guy named uh, Dave Vandermeer, I believe uh, if I get that wrong uh, someone uh, let me know and uh, I'll correct that in the next episode but this guy is from Canada and he has uh, a YouTube channel called Trapping World it's a very popular YouTube channel and he puts out a lot of trapping videos a uh, really interesting guy he he runs a trap line i believe he's in manitoba he used to run a trap line in ontario so he wrote a book and the name of the book is escaping me right at the moment but i'm going to when i put this podcast up in the show notes i will uh, provide a link to where you can find that book and the title of the book and it was the book was written on his first Uh, wilderness trapline in northern Ontario and he was uh, just a kid that grew up in Ontario uh, wasn't really into uh, into hunting fishing trapping necessarily Uh, he he developed a very strong interest in it and he started trapping around town and he had this dream that we all so many of us have of going out and running a wilderness trapline and at the time, the fur prices were good and it was a feasible option to pursue. So he uh, started looking at uh, different uh, offices for the, I think they call it the Ministry Natural Resources there, uh, but it's like your DNR or your Fish and Wildlife Agency. And he applied for trap lines and in Canada, of course, all the trap lines up in the big woods are registered. So. You have, to, you, you have exclusive access to a specific area to trap in. And he, he uh, put in these applications and he got a letter back that there was a spot open and he was, um, <clears throat> he was welcome to set up and have that as his trap line. So I, I want to say he was only like 18 years old, 18 or 20 years old. And he got flown into this area. He built a cabin. He set, set up a trap line. He ran his traps on foot and on snowshoe the first year and uh, it's just pretty pretty awesome. Um, uh, he, he basically he lived the dream and it, it was really cool because he talked about all the details. He must have taken really good notes in a diary because he remembered all the details on his specific sets and what he caught and how he set them and, and everything else and there's a lot of really interesting things. I just really enjoyed it. So what Dave did that was awesome is he read the book uh, on his YouTube channel. He has like, it was like five, I think five different YouTube videos. And he just does a video of him reading a section of the book. And he reads the book all the way through uh, in those, over the course of those five videos. So you can basically listen to the audio book on YouTube, on, on the Trapping World YouTube channel. And uh, if you want to support Dave, um, I'm sure he'd appreciate it if you wanted to get on Amazon and, and buy a copy of the book as well. So, um, I thought that was really neat and, and really interesting. Um, I always always like uh, reading or listening to new trapping books and trapping related stuff. And and also, if you check out his, his Trapping World channel, I'm sure there's a, a few videos that, that would be pretty interesting. So... With that, we're going to call it an episode. Thank you guys very much for tuning in. The sun is starting to go down at my back. Uh, I still got about 20 miles to get out of the woods, but uh, it has been just an incredible day. Um, just about played out, wore out from slogging through snow all day, but very excited to get back in the fur shed, work on trapping stuff, and, and, uh, and maybe uh, get ready to work up some fur. So have a good one, and we will catch you on the next episode.